0: Welcome to It's the Discussion for Me with your hosts, Brandy and Christian. If you're looking for a podcast where sisterhood is embodied, you are home. Listen, each week we will open the floor and have raw conversations about relevant and unaddressed topics plaguing our communities. You ready, B? Yes, let's get it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our new series. We are entitling it The Faith Series. And we're not talking about any like regular regular stuff. We're diving deep into things that are important and things that we just need to talk about and, and talk through. So today we have one of our past guests um, who definitely left an imprint on our audience on us <laughs> as the host um, with her nuggets and gems that she dropped on us and she has returned today to help us have this conversation. Today we have back Davette Nicole and just to give you kind of a brief background um, Davette Nicole is a licensed marriage and family therapist in California and Texas. She is, she is a passionate clinician with a gift for helping others. For over 10 years, she has provided clinical services to individuals, couples, and families. She specializes in the treatment of depression, anxiety, trauma, women's issues, and maternal mental health problems. Davette Nicole is thorough, extremely relatable, and competent in supporting clients as they endeavor towards their goals. Her warm personality displays her empathetic posture and care for the clients who entrust her with their stories. I love that. Davette Nicole offers faith-based treatment for those who desire to incorporate spirituality in her journey. And as you know, she has acquired many certificates to make her qualify to be here with us today. Davette, welcome,
1: welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so great to be back.
0: Yes, I'm telling you, our audience loved you. <laughs> well,
1: I'm grateful to them.
0: Okay, so let's jump into this conversation. Um, so we're talking today about various topics as it relates to sex and I just want to let's start with okay so I grew up um I grew up not in the church I was raised Christian but not in the church or attending church regularly I'll say that and so I know that um Purity was something that was stressed as a child. Even though I wasn't in a church, I felt the pressure from a distance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was stressed in our culture even back in the day. I think now we have more of a healthy kind of dialogue around it, but can we kind of talk to the purity culture and the pros and cons of it because it got it has some toxic ways (laughs) you know some people do it kind of toxic and then some people do it right so can we just talk to that
1: certainly i'm down for it i'm
0: I'm ready for the ride (laughs) yes okay so i know you know the bible uh says that we should wait We should wait until we are in the container of marriage to engage in sexuality. And so purity is saying, I'm declaring this day forward, um, that I am going to maintain my virginity until I get married. Um, You have some that do it, you know, as virgins, and then you have people that rededicate maybe after, you know, engaging in sexual activity and saying, I rededicate my life. And, you know, as far as going and saying that they're not going to have sex until marriage. Okay. Okay. So we got the background and kind of definition. So people kind of know where we are, what we're talking about. What is the top, what how can this be done bad? Like what are the the the, the negative sides of this or of this culture?
1: Um, I believe that it's the shame portion of mm-hmm. it. Right? Like there's this expectation that um we can do things um uh, without error. And by nature, we are sinners. And so to say, I think maybe it's like the legalistic view. There we go. Yeah. Of purity. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we are by nature sinners and. Um, for that, we are going to fall, fall short. We are going to fail. We are not going to do things to 100% compliance. Or even if we did it 100% today, that does not mean that tomorrow provides the same 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's the shame that is engulfed in all of that expectation.
0: Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Um, I I can say... When you think about the purity culture, and I agree when we're talking about the shame that it puts on people, what happens? Like, what is the result of shame? Either you have someone who um, starts to hide, their, they want to hide their flaws, or we want to pretend as if we have it all together. Um, or then sometimes it will cause you to make very bad decisions, right? Because you want to try to rectify or bring yourself into quote unquote compliance, right? With whatever the standard is that we believe um, is set as believers. And so for myself, I can definitely say uh, kind of, I grew up the opposite of Brandy where I grew up in church, literally in church, like PKK for life. Okay. Um, can't re- can't remember a time where I was outside of church until I became grown. <laughs> so, um, so the expectation, and I grew up heavily heavily into, um, holiness background, I guess you can say, um, Pentecostal Mm -hmm. where, you know, every Sunday it was about, we was preaching about sin. I mean, that, that was just the the standard message. If it wasn't this Sunday, next Sunday, one of them subjects, we're going to be talking about who's going to hell. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So I grew up with definitely an understanding that number one, you did not have sex before marriage. Um, number two, a young lady should aspire to be a wife. Um, and that the expectation was that she needed to control her body. She needed to control herself. There was no expectation on the men. Um, the expectation was that we were the ones who had to play ourselves down. Don't come in with the lipstick. Don't be cute. You know, don't wear clothes that are fitting. Don't be enticing. Don't, don't do anything to these men. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: the expectation is all on you, you know, to keep yourself and to keep your brother from falling. And I do think there's a certain level of truth to that. Um, As far as we don't want to be a hindrance to, you know, our brothers or sisters in Christ, like it should go both ways. But going back to what we're talking about, just the purity culture for me, it created this pressure to um, perform, to always meet these unwell now I feel they're unrealistic expectations and so when I became an adult the first thing that I said was oh I need to get married because I can't keep myself Mm
1: -hmm. and if
0: I don't keep myself I'm going to hell Mm
1: -hmm. right
0: so Mm -hmm. that caused me to get married at a very young age Mm -hmm. I know nothing about marriage very young age and I got married for the sole purpose of meeting this expectation that was placed on me um, you know, through my my adolescent years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we, as a faith community need to be very mindful of what we're projecting, um, especially to our young people. Yes, you know, you you don't want to be promiscuous and things like that because we'll we'll talk about that later on. But I think we have to also make sure that we are not influencing, you know, our our young brothers and sisters to make rash decisions simply because of these expectations that we're putting on them.
1: I agree. You know, um, my, so I grew up in the church. Um, I grew up in the Baptist church. I don't remember a whole bunch of conversation about sex. And actually Yeah. I I don't remember a whole bunch of conversation and I do remember, oh my gosh, I had like my first, like for real boyfriend that didn't nobody know about because, you know, I wasn't supposed to be having one. Right. And, um, we had our first kiss in church, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. I remember like murmurings about among my peers about, um, like sex and, kissing, mainly kissing, because at Churchill's is mainly kissing. In my home life, with my friends around the neighborhood, they were really doing it. Right, um, But um, I don't remember a whole bunch of talk about sex. And actually, I don't remember it until um, I became an adult. And all of those expectations that you're talking about, Christian, um, became something that Um, was was told to you because you need to you're at your right age now you need to be trying to find yourself a husband so um, I don't know but I think that there were still implications and probably my mom kind of got into church more as I got older Um, and so my like formative years we were going however she was still learning And like my dad was still learning. And so I don't think that church was like a very, very big part of my early life, Mm -hmm. even though it was there and I was there probably every Sunday. Um, But I do remember like the implications of such. However, I had the balance, which is I'm so grateful for because my mom was very, she knew that my friends in the neighborhood, sex was really a thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about this mm-hmm. and so um she got a nurse to come by and we had this whole sex talk and talked about condoms and all stds and all of this stuff like she was like if y'all are going to be doing this i'm not saying that you should be doing it but you need to know the risks of you doing it. and this is just like the 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 carnal risks right like so right. all of the things that could happen because you are engaging in this behavior um but the church was always silent in that capacity I, I remember that
0: yeah i i would say too i think what culture now then and now is missing and which i don't understand because i'm like uh okay so we teach sin and sin and we understand that we understand that Jesus died for our sins. And so, and I know that doesn't give us freedom to sin because at the end of the day, we don't need, a, a like a, a, a card or freedom to do anything. Cause we are humans, mm-hmm. right? We are still, um, in our flesh, right? And we yeah. are spirits in, in this flesh And so I think the thing is, is that we don't put an emphasis on the relationship with God. Like, and what happens is is, it's taught to don't do it, or like you said, are not taught at all. And you have children who are curious, but they don't feel safe enough to have a conversation or to address it because either the church is silent Or they've condemned, like made this such a thing that you shouldn't do that you don't even feel safe asking questions about it. And so you go to your friends who have no idea um, and they're learning from their older siblings and things of that nature. And so you're leading
1: the blind. (laughs) Girl.
0: (laughs) And so you have and then so all these ideals are kind of created. Whereas if I am understanding that my relationship with God cannot be tampered by anything I do, that it can't be taken away. And if I'm teaching children in the sense of like your love, God loves you despite you, not if you do it, God's going to condemn you. Um, If we're teaching it properly, then there's a love, there's an intimacy that you have with God that it's like, I'm doing, like, now, because, you know, like, I I didn't do, I didn't have sex initially, and was, like, kept my virginity for the longest, because it was a a fear in me, Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I'm a, and, and granted, I wasn't even raised in a church like that, but I knew, I think my thing was even to my, I didn't want to dishonor my dad. Mm -hmm. my father my biological you know my biological father I didn't want to dishonor him and I was like oh no I can't be out here in these streets but then even when it did happen in you know life you know you you try you do your best and, (laughs) and you fall short it was like this kind of um like oh god is mad at me like you know like I didn't live up to that expectation and I was an adult. So at that time I was like, okay, so that's when I was like, wait, but God loves me. Like, there's nothing I could do in this relationship. So it wasn't that it gave me permission, but it definitely didn't lead me into conviction. I mean, condemnation. Um, I was convicted. Like, yes, I, you know, I, I know better, so I should do better. But at the same time, I was like, no, God loves me still. Let me turn back to him um and so in those moments like I feel like if we teach more relationship than this like like you said legalistic kind of thing where it's like you gotta follow the rules and if you don't follow the rules you know you're condemned and you know and in like Christian spoke to even the playing feel like we're not out here having sex by ourselves right you need to teach these boys <laughs> a thing or two Right. And responsibility about honoring their body and valuing their bodies um, just as we do our, our daughters. There's something that you said that I actually want to put a nickel in the meter real quick on when you said that if we as this is our faith series so let's if, if we as believers have a conversation about sex we need to remove the idea that that gives someone permission to do it having a conversation doesn't mean that i agree it doesn't mean that i'm saying hey this is your green light this is your free pass um for you to live recklessly that's not what we're saying at all and i think that that has been an issue amongst the faith community for a long time we can't mention it because if we mention it it's going to put it in the kids' minds and then they're going to think it's okay to do it. No, you better mention it. And let yeah. me tell you why you better mention it. Cuz Uncle Ruby- Because the schools are mentioning it. I cannot turn on the television and I'm talking about a cartoon. Yeah. And there is not something some type of innuendo, some type of influence. I mean, I'm talking about cartoons. Mm-hmm. So if it's in media, it's in the education school system we don't want to talk about it at home because maybe we don't want to you know deal with the realities of, of some of the challenges of life and then the faith community is saying no nah, we don't want to talk about it because we're going to get that means the kids gonna think they have permission to do it so then where are they going to get their information from Wh- whose responsibility is it to provide accurate information from not only a spiritual but just from as uh they've mentioned you know from a carnal mindset like we have a responsibility to teach these children, listen, you have a decision and a choice to make as far as how you're going to conduct yourself. And I want to prepare you and give you all of the information so that you will know if I do this, this is this is what can happen, you know, um, from a carnal and spiritual uh, standpoint. So I feel like we have to change the narrative. We can't, as a community, be afraid to talk candidly about some of these things because at least if we talk about it then we can control the narrative right we don't want the narrative or the influence to only come from social media (laughs) or television or the blind as you say the blind leading the blind in the neighborhood or the kids talking amongst themselves or even some of these influences within the school my daughter just mentioned to me I didn't even know this was going on they have clubs in school for various things Okay, where you can go on your lunch time or on your break, and um they have conversations, and people come in like all of these things are happening, and I'm not even aware of it. And so it's like, oh no, now I tell my daughter we we have to have these conversations. i mommy can't you know try to make you be little anymore <laughs> like...
1: mm-hmm. and act like you don't know and yeah, act but like you're no. you're so right that it's everywhere it's absolutely everywhere the cartoons the little children's books everything it's everywhere and i think that if we make the shift from this level of like condemnation shame um and 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 start to see it as our obligation to empower and um part wisdom impart wisdom into um, our younger generations about what is what really is this stuff, and I think the more taboo it is, the more inquisitive young folks are or people are, right? And and in doing that, I think that um, America is one of the like um, we're we're one of the I guess it's probably like common amongst like Western countries um, that. We have this very taboo nature about sex, but a very open um and very conversational aspect of living around violence. And so you see that uptick in violence and all that stuff because this is what we talk about the sex thing, no, like none of that you get a chance to see. But I think that if we were to as the the faith as a faith community, be able to Um, Talk about God in sex and what does it mean to give yourself to someone and to know them? What what does all that entail? And I think that it it comes with a um, different type of responsibility than this level of condemnation. Because when have you ever been motivated to do something constructive by being criticized?
0: Ooh, never, never. It doesn't (laughs) happen, never, never, never,
1: never. Like it's always from this space of love and with God withdrawing you close to him. So Mm -hmm. how now is all of this has happened, right? Like, so all these, uh, Adam has fallen and now all of these laws have come into place and now Jesus has come to die for you and talk about no condemnation. I just want you close to me. And now here we are saying, if you do this, God ain't going to want no part of you. Like how? How does that represent him well? Because it doesn't. And,
0: and that kind of goes back to when we were talking about like trauma of past generations. and And granted, that's like generations, generations, generations. But I feel like people are just teaching us what they were taught. And they're giving us that don't do nothing because they had to have that level of control over, you know, their, their children. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's not life or death for us in a sense of control of our children, right? There's more, um, there's more of, like you said, imparting wisdom and, and giving them information and it's oh okay. Like, you know, children, you know, where it was like, don't talk, like children aren't to be talked with, listened to, or any of that. Like, that is like old school, like come into the new and understand the importance of, like you said, the communication and the love and understanding that that law was for those people to show them that they couldn't do it by themselves. And so they couldn't fulfill it. Therefore, here we are today, post Jesus, because we have him to cover us. And thankfully, so that we can have this intimate, amazing, loving relationship with God. And so when you
1: put it that way, come on. That's going to draw you near. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, I, and and that's our mission, right? Like, So when you're going out and, and spreading the good news and making disciples, it's for that purpose of drawing you closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. um I think that when you what is that the bible talks about like I lay before you two options life or death Mm -hmm. and you have to choose and so really we are we have moved into this modern way of parenting and living and like giving people choices except for when it comes to sex for I I think sex is probably like the number one sin right like you know, there I is no name. after after murder. It's it's sex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, and oh no! So I think all it's, all.
1: no no no. I think it's actually being gay. <laughs> then, oh okay okay. Come on. So so murder, gay, sex. <laughs> right? Like what um, are we doing? How section. how are we hindering the message that God is love and that He loves you, and even when you don't get it right, He still loves you. Mm-hmm. Right. He becomes that person that, you know what, this level of conviction that I, I don't want to continue to mess up like this. I hate having to pray. Lord, please forgive me for that. You know, like. When I have some control over, like, help me to overcome this. Amen. I don't know what it is about me that has like this hold on me, but Lord, help me in this process and he will love you through that. Yes. But I think that love is often such a foreign concept. For us? Like this level of unconditional regard, kind of love. Like, really, I'm gonna love you through all of it. I already loved you for that. Like, calm down. But because it's so foreign for us, we pass down that level of shame that, like, if you do this, then God will certainly be unpleased. Now, is it really God's um is it his perfect will for you to do that? No. Because what comes along with sex? Right? Like Yeah, let's talk about that. Stronghold, <laughs> soul tie. Listen. Right? Besides, besides
0: the obvious, the babies. Yeah. But, um, oh yeah. I know. went, I went, I went super like soul tie, strong. In <laughs> the like, baby. Talk about baby. that though. Because let let's be honest. I mean, we've talked about just the 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 practical um things. We know that children are conceived by sexual intercourse, right? We know that, you know, there are some, uh, um, health things or STDs. We just gonna keep it simple that can come up. <laughs> that, I'm like, I'm trying to sugarcoat it. Let's just keep, keep it, say what it is. Okay. Yeah. You know, we know th- those are things, but let's talk about some of the other, um, spiritual implications. What What are some of the challenges that a person might face and how do you deal with them? Because we may have someone who um, is in our listening, you know, our audience and they may have found themselves in a situation and now they want to get out. Um, But let's just be honest. The sex is probably good. Let's, let's just call it what it is Mm -hmm. because that is a real challenge. There are a lot of people who are caught in situations and, because of their connection to this person, we'll call it. Because that's the new word, connection. We connect, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they can't get out. So let's talk about that. What happens when you give yourself to someone that you are not married to? What happens?
1: So I think that one of those things that you just talked about is that level of connection, right? That we are, like, really anchored together in this process. So you're talking about, like, that soul tie but that it becomes difficult to part. I think one of the beautiful things about sex is that it does join you to someone. But that's hard when we, um, when they weren't worthy of us, or even let's be real, like I know I'm always about putting women on the pedestal, but sometimes we weren't worthy of him. Mm -hmm. And now this relationship has dissolved and how then do we separate from one another? That's painful. Like, it is God's will that we don't have to go through all that level of heartache. Like that's almost like the elected ones. We have enough stuff that happens in life that hurt us enough Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't have to sign up for more hurt. But, but that's definitely. Run that
0: back. Run that back. (laughs) Say that again. Listen.
1: (laughs) But but really like we do like there are, there are regular, there are trials and tribulations that are going to come. Like God talks about how the, um, the, the rain rains on the just and the unjust. And so you have some sad days ahead of you. You have some things that are going to break your heart that are going to um, cause you to heavily depend on him to get you through this thing. We have those already because of just where we live. And now to go and elect and volunteer for some more heartache, God doesn't want that for us. Mm -hmm. We really have to, um, but that's one of the things that comes along with, with sex is that level of attachment to that, that they got a chance to know you in a new way. And, and that's hard to break.
0: And it could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's funny that there's something that you said that it just made me smile. You said, um, elect, right. Mm -hmm. It's an elected heartache because we mm-hmm. made a conscious decision to tie ourselves to somebody for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as a young as a young lady being told that saints don't date, right? Saints don't date, we wait. That was our motto. Saints oh, don't Lord. Date. <laughs> Ooh. I, <laughs> I ain't know. Never right right now we wait. come through. Baby, I can tell y'all some stuff. Saints <laughs> don't date, we wait. And you know what? As a young adult, I... I despise that expectation, right? Because I said, I can't date nobody. I don't have no life, you know? Um, I could have friends, but we just couldn't, like, go out um, until, quote, unquote, God showed us who our, our partner was supposed to be, right? And then at that time, it was called courting. And so there was all these rules in place. But I'll be honest with you. Now that we are close to middle age, I understand the concept. I just think the presentation was not what it should have been, Because when you think about if you're out here dating multiple people, and if you choose to engage in sexual intercourse with multiple people, those are multiple connections that you have. And sometimes it is very difficult to one, not only separate yourself, but to recover from, you know? Um, and so if you think about in the span of our life, if you've connected yourself to multiple people, how difficult, how difficult that can be, you know, emotionally, spiritually, um to continuously give of yourself, um not just your time, but to give of yourself emotionally and spiritually um and and then to have to constantly recover. So when you use the word elected heartache, it really resonated with me because, at this stage of my life, I can respect and understand some of the the traditional teachings that I received as a young adult. Again, a presentation probably wasn't all that great, but I understand the concept behind it is that we have to really be selective with who we choose to tie ourselves to um, in that capacity. And so just being mindful as we move forward in our interactions, especially for my single um, unmarried people, I'm an advocate of live your life, you know, um, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds. So of course we're going to maximize our singleness, but we also have to use wisdom, you know, as we're navigating in, in, in this, uh, single, single life, Like we, we have to use wisdom. You can't tie yourself to everybody. You know, everybody is not worthy of you. Um, and you're not worthy of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just be real.
1: Right. It's not always them. <laughs> Sometimes it's us.
0: Yes, and the connect, like you said, the connection, connecting to people, it's like you're, you're, let's put it in practical terms, it's the baby daddy that you keep going back to or the baby mother mm-hmm. that you hate so much, yet you keep returning back to. Mm-hmm. It's the relationship that the guy that you know that is no good for you or the woman that you know that cannot ever be what you are you know the person for you yet you keep going back to them in sexual capacities it, with the person who's not good enough who's not going in direction who's not equally yoked with you yet you keep returning back to them for their sexual intimacy um mm-hmm. it it's 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 all of that like to put it in practical terms because I think we go and we're like yeah you know I don't have any soul ties no we it's it's easy for people to speak of the world and you know the world tells you you know that's why it says we're in this world but not of it um especially us being so tuned into our spiritual side right and spiritual Mm -hmm. beings spiritual beings it's like yes If I am numb to my spiritual self and I don't respect my soul, I can go and hit it and quit it. Mm -hmm. But because I am tied to, because I am so in tune, because I know my identity is tied to that, I like, I desire not to attach to anybody that's not intended to stay. Like, that's where I'm at with it. I don't want to attach to a guy. Who's not intended to be here for the long run. So therefore, and I know God's intent for me and the reason why He said not to, because I had to learn it by actually going through it. <laughs> the reason why He said not to have sex in the con- outside of the container, is because of the intimacy of the connection that it brings to us when we connect to somebody in a sexual manner that closeness not even just physically but you're letting that person in literally um and <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's that 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 in tuneness and that con- that motion that you know to, to it's just a lot and it's a lot of 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 vulnerability that you're allowing into your spirit so you hold that person and with me being such a person for me just naturally being a love bug you know like I just love and I love hard having sex it's like it's it it, it was a never it was never a thing of like oh I'm gonna have sex and then I'm a you know and then isn't you nothing to me like no we go together
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, like just in case be, you like, didn't know
0: like, so in case you didn't know like we go together and now you don't want a relationship but you want but bro like no you want the privilege yeah so now I was like no I don't want to connect like if you're not sure about me and you're yeah. not sure about this future and our future together. And, and you know, like if you're not certain and I'm not certain about it, you don't get access. You can't because I understand that. And even when people talk about it in the Bible, and then I'll, I'll get off my little soapbox right now. <laughs> even when it's talked about in the Bible, it's not the act of the marriage ceremony.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: the connection. It's when you connect so if you really think about it it's when you having sex you're married like you're bonding to this person mm-hmm. and so it's like if you think about it like could it you know if you, if you go literal it's like dude i've been married to some people that i didn't mm-hmm. want to be married to like you was not supposed to be my husband and you weren't mm-hmm. worthy of it so therefore no nah, bro like we can't do this yeah. and you know and, i think that...
1: that go ahead go ahead uh-uh. go ahead of it I think that, that aspect of like connecting with others that you and Christian are talking about is really, um, important because I think that, so we come from this society. I I love, I don't know if you guys watch this, but I love Merit at First Sight.
0: I tried to be on the show, but they didn't pick me, but anyways, (laughs) and,
1: and, um, it's really, if you haven't watched it, it's it's trash, don't watch it. But <laughs> right? you're gonna be hooked. Um, but it's really this whole thing that two two singles come together, they are entrusting their lives into the care of um some quote unquote experts to match them with their spouse and they meet them at the altar. Um, most times, uh like 9.9 9 out of 10 or maybe let's say nine out of 10 times people really don't like who they're matched to physically. And then they just journey, they go on this journey with them for the next eight weeks. And at eight weeks they have the opportunity to say where they want to stay together or get a divorce. And so you see all their ups and downs and stuff. Um, but, uh, one of the people that came on this week, one of their family members was talking that same rhetoric that I've heard before about, um, I wouldn't buy a car before test driving it, and you're going to go out here and get married. That I think that me. you say what?
0: I hate that saying. It annoys myself.
1: soul. Oh, right? Because you can test drive that car and it still be a limit.
0: Exactly. But, okay.
1: <laughs> um, but for some reason, we place all this value on this previous experience. Um, that is "quote unquote" needed by the time you get to your marriage. Um, that's typically for men because men are allowed to have, you know, previous experience. They want a virgin for a wife. Another topic, but in connect,
0: come, connection- come on, somebody.
1: <laughs> I don't know who they was out there sewing their royal Oaks with, but still, right. Um, but imagine like if you didn't have the relationship traumas that came with all of that connecting with other people prior to, if this is just me and you, we show up, we have not been through all those hurts. We haven't been cheated on and lied to and now creating greater suspicion and all of that. We don't have that experience. We just come wholeheartedly me and you. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there is anything about my dating past that has made me ready for my marriage. Say I that even
0: for the people in the back.
1: Right. I don't <laughs> think there's anything, not one, not one of them crazies that I was dating. None of that experience made me ready for my marriage. In fact, I think it has harmed me because I adapted to the thought that when the going gets hard, look, I don't have to take this anymore. I'm, I'm about to go home. I, where my keys at because you tripping Not like me <laughs> this is
0: the conversation
1: though this but, is the conversation and and so it doesn't prepare you and so now I get with my husband and I'm like hold on I am at home um okay so then where do I run to can I go to my mama's house no don't want to involve her right like mm-hmm there is no running to, running away from, because you really have to sit here and deal with it. We got to talk about this thing. We got to work through this so that it doesn't continue to show up in our marriage. I I wholeheartedly, I believe in relationships. I love relationships like they are. When God created them, he created something real good. And I believe that in relationships, you learn about yourself. I don't believe that those relationships have to be romantic. And I certainly don't believe that those relationships have to be sexual. I think that in platonic relationships, whether it be with friends or family, whomever, you have the opportunity to say like to find out why am I always so negative when I talk to them? Like just the other day, it wasn't my boss who I always joke about like myself. And he was like, it just sounds like you're putting yourself down. And I'm like, I'm not, I I really love me. I really, I'm Mm tied to me. Mm -hmm. But it's in that, in, in relationship situations like that, that you have the opportunity to reflect, to evaluate, to grow. And they don't come with being in relation in a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. or in a sexual relationship. And if the overall goal is marriage, then we really want to aspire to be as whole and as complete as we can be and come not have endured that. all of this trauma. What'd you say?
0: I said, come on, maximize the singleness. I'm going to need you to focus on you and you be whole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, and you I mean, whole. and you know, there's only going to be so much, right. That happens because I think that marriage is a, a very unique container that, um, that stretches you and grows you unlike any other situation in your life. Um, and so it often even like, when people say like, I'm ready for marriage, you're like, <laughs> one thing you're not ready for <laughs> is marriage, right? Like it just, you need it because I think uh, Seinfeld said it best he, in uh, Wale's song. Um, he was like, it's growth. And like, we think that we're ready for growth. But the way that it presents itself, you're like, dang, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And so I think I, I love that you um, mentioned that, that because I think if we paint a more realistic picture on what marriage really is, um, then before people enter into it, you know, they'll really kind of take the time to consider, is this something that I really want to commit myself to, which is to doing the work, because let's be honest, that's what marriage is. It's a commitment to continuously work together to become not only the best versions of ourselves, but also you have a commitment to the other person too. So it's not just you and yourself anymore. Now it's you and this individual trying to live and become together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and so I think that's why I said for myself when I got married very young, I honestly got married because I want to have sex I mean I'm just keeping mm-hmm. 100 so, so you know, but when I got in it baby, um them first 30 days was like a boot camp I said, oh wait a minute I', I was getting married and it was just gonna be we was just gonna have sex, you know I mean I'm uh-huh. having a good old Get time. <laughs> hey hey, hey, and 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 this is ordained sex per se Mm -hmm. oh yeah you know we finna live it up but baby when outside of the bed it's real life Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's real life Mm -hmm. and so now you know when i'm talking to my brothers and sisters and christ and not just young young people but just you know my sister friends and, and my homeboys when we're having these candid conversations i'm like listen Part of, as Brandy and I will say, maximizing your singleness is making sure that you are where you need to be. Like, you need to make sure that you are not only in community and you have accountability partners, but that you are also doing the work as an individual to present the best version of yourself for you before you even try to tie yourself to anybody else.
1: Work yeah. on you. <laughs> like- yeah. And that's really true. And I think that um, it would be wonderful if we would all just do that before um, going this extra step. And unfortunately we don't and relationships suffer because of it. It is a work that has to be done. I think that even in having the lack of romantic and sexual experiences prior to marriage, Um, you also lose the ability to compare what's what, right? Like, oh, well, the last guy that I was with didn't do this or he didn't say things. Like, you don't have those things to really compare it to. And that's not to say that, like, you know, I think abuse is abuse no matter how you color it or anything like that. Um, And so, but just in terms of just experiences and levels of satisfaction, it alters your expectations um, because you're often comparing these apples to oranges. And that can be detrimental to what it is that you've been blessed with. Um, But I think that we really have to be able to see the value in not having all of that experience. Because if we don't, we'll still, it'll still be something that we often yearn for.
0: And on that, on that topic, before we, um, before we end this wonderful episode, I really want, um, us to speak to those that may be struggling with masturbation, um, Mm -hmm. pornography, um, I think that when we talk about the reference point and the prior experiences and and the comparison and the expectations, I think that a lot of that derives from our exposures as well. And so can we just briefly talk about what happens when we, let's say you're not engaging in intercourse per se, but there are activities that you're engaging in to kind of appease your appetite right um mm-hmm. how does that affect us you know what are some of the hidden consequences of engaging in that behavior
1: so i think that um i think the bible talks about um guarding guarding your heart yes but then also those watching those like receptors so the eye gate the ear gate you know being able to be exposed to those things um because they trigger like no other so when you are dealing with um masturbation and so keep in mind that like I'm very two-part on this like I'm very this is the spiritual part about talking about masturbation um because like in my work talking about sex therapy that I am an a proponent for masturbation right like that you need to find out what you like however there is the a level of addictive nature that can come along with that but um and what's happening while you are masturbating um this overuse of porn i think um is it the united states that we have great numbers in like our porn watching um that be us yeah,
0: yeah that's, <laughs> us, that's us for sure
1: yeah like we we can watch some more. um and I think that being exposed to that, allowing your mind to go there, a part of sex therapy is, um, is talking about the use and utilization of porn because it can also diminish desire and negatively impact sexual engagement because we are exposed to this level of, um, uh what is it like propaganda that this is what sex looks like and and it really uh dwarfs or um what is it like shifts or skews yes. uh-huh um our uh, our perception and understanding of what loving and compassionate sex looks like if you look at set, at, at porn um that First of all, none of those orgasms are real, right? Like, except for the guys. But the level of violence that is perpetrated in porn um, is very high, like that level of aggression and all of that stuff. And so when you continue to expose yourself to that, you ultimately contaminate you. And it impacts your relationships and your sexual relationships with your partner.
0: We create this false um, expectation, or really an unrealistic expectation. We get yes, we get into this beautiful, uh, otherwise you know, wonderful um, relationship. But then, when the moment comes for us to connect, Mm -hmm. um, we we can't because he's not performing like Joe one thousand or whatever, you know. And then we now we're feeling bitter or a certain kind of way or you know, we're saying, oh, well, he's not able to meet my needs. When in reality, it's not that he can't meet your needs. It's that you've been exposed to something that was unrealistic altogether.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and toxic and harmful, right? But if you're talking about this whole um, aspect of like sexual addictions and masturbation and things of that nature, that um, that those are typically like, I think like the- if you think about sexual addictions, just like you think of substance abuse and like what's driving that. And even that, like, how does, how does God respond to addictions? And for some reason we like, there are acceptable addictions and then there are non, right? However, they both impact our spiritual development. And so I think that through one connection, um, connection with Christ, connection with healthy Christ-centered kind of community does help um, work through the impact of addiction. And actually getting some type of support services helps in doing that because there's always a route to why something has come about. But I do know that, like those sexual triggers, and when we talk about like watching your your eye gate and your ear gate, like there are sometimes I love Meg Stallion, <laughs> I love her, but sometimes, like depending on where I am in my mind, I can't hear her. Like, I can't listen to that those kinds of words and like those type of relationships that she's talking about having, like that materialistic, you better buy me and like deem me down. And all like, I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But, and then the same thing with like what we watch. Sometimes it's not even about porn that can trigger someone. Sometimes it's this, whatever drama show or that they have like focused on the person's boobs or like now this shirtless man comes out. You're like, oh, that's lusting. Like that takes you to a place where you don't want to be right now. And so really having to carefully monitor and screen those things that we expose ourselves to is very important. And it's all around us.
0: All around us, like not even sometimes by your choosing. Just by turning mm-hmm. on the TV, you watching a burger commercial, and it's right. it on top of the roof of the car eating the burger real slow, right? And you're really? Dripping down on the <laughs> side of her mouth. Yes, a burger, <laughs> a
1: burger. Like we
0: can't even watch a burger. We can't mm-hmm. watch cartoons now.
1: Uh-huh. Like no, we look. I mean, all you really can do is sit down and read your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> We, 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 go, we
0: go pray all day. We ain't going outside. No, we because are
1: not. It's, but. it's a mess. It's just the world that we're living in that is very like sex crazed mm-hmm. and this like lustful. It's always playing to some level of your desire, which ultimately impacts our relationships and our overall goal, like our relationship with God. Um, because even of this like level of shame factor that comes in with it who admits that from that burger commercial where she's like eating that burger like that That like oh my god that kind of turned me off who's saying it nobody right,
0: right nobody right.
1: but it's happening <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it really puts a um, like a, a divider up against those things that we really do need to connect to
0: Listen, this episode has been um, eye opening um, and candid. and I, I definitely beneficial to me. Um, but for for you, Dave, that is there anything that you would like to say to our audience in closing that maybe we didn't um, address pertaining to this topic? Any last words of wisdom or insight um, that you would like to share?
1: Uh, I think that it, it's something that we've talked we talked about is that God loves you. He's crazy about you. Like he gives nations in exchange for you. Like He, it, there's nothing that he would not do for you. And even that he hasn't done for you. And so keep in mind that there is nothing that you can do that will keep his love from you. Like nothing will separate you from this love. And so as you move forward and you're making decisions about yourself, just keep in mind the fact that there's a loving God who just wants the best for you. And so how do you help to align yourself with that is all through your level of conviction, but God loves you no matter what. That's me.
0: I want to say, thank you so much. um, Devette for again, taking the time out of your busy schedule to share with us um, for your transparency. Um, and, and just for bringing a, a different perspective, I know that Brandy and I always take away something from what you say. And we, we talk about it. we are like, did you hear what she said? Yes, she did. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and we mention it, but our audience as well, um, you always bring such a great perspective. Um, and, and we sincerely appreciate it to our audience. This is literally just the beginning. If you think that today's episode was awesome, this series that we have prepared for you, it is going to blow your mind. Please continue to like and share. Um, this episode. And not only this episode, but go back to some of our previous episodes. For those of you who are unmarried um, and you're, you're challenged and you're currently single and you desire to get married at one day, but you're struggling with maximizing your singleness, you're not sure of how you should maybe conduct yourself, or maybe you're just at, at a loss for how to be the best version of yourself. Go back and check some of our previous episodes um, from last year, where we talked about maximizing your singleness. We talked about being the best version of you. We talked about dealing with some of those internal struggles that you might have and taking care of yourself. We talked about wellness and health. And this year, we're going to go higher. So thank you so much again for your time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to It's the Discussion for Me. Hopefully you are leaving here seen and enlightened. If so, please share, like, and invite others to this safe place. Until next time.